IB Talk, the global insurance industry podcast presented by Insurance Business. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to IB Talk, the global weekly podcast brought to you by Insurance Business. I'm Paul Lucas, the managing editor of Insurance Business, and well, how are you doing? For some of you listening, lockdown restrictions will have been lifted. For some, you'll be half a year and counting limited to where you can go and what you can do. And for others, myself included, your restrictions lifted and yet now most of them are back in place again. It's been a confusing time for all of us personally and also on a business level too as we grapple with this new normal and try to find ways to to meet and talk to clients virtually instead of face-to-face. And it's not just about chatting to existing clients either. It's how you connect with new prospects during this difficult time. Uh, Thankfully, this week, we have a true expert who is here to help. She's the founder of Adjunct Advisors, Meg McKean. Meg, welcome to IB Talk. Oh, thank you, Paul, so much for having me. So Meg, um, before we get into helping everyone with the insurance sales, and and we are, by the way, 100% relying on you to double all our profits before the end of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let's talk about you being a, a podcast host and a, a much better one than me. Uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Oh, thank you so much for the chance to talk about it. It is, it is very near and dear to my heart, and the heart is exactly what we get to uh, with the women in insurance that I interview. The podcast is called Bound and Determined, and those of us in the industry will recognize and perhaps appreciate the bound reference being an insurance term, Um, but it is a very strong title and represents the strength of the women that come on and tell me and tell the audience their stories, not just about being women in insurance, but being women in the world and navigating the world in a way that is unique to uh, the feminine experience. So it's been a true blending of my head and heart uh, and a great way to talk about not just the work I do, but the women who I welcome on the show as well. And, and from all of the, the, the conversations that you've had on, on Bound and Determined, I'd love to gauge from, from your perspective, because I mean, we hear so much talk and promising verbiage around women in insurance, and we have our own events on the subject, of course, but do you think we we're making any real breakthroughs? I mean, over the, the year and a half that, that you've been doing this podcast, have, have you seen any real progress? Um, I'm certainly seeing attention being paid to the topic. And and frankly, thank you to the folks at Insurance Business. The very first time we connected was on a women in insurance event uh, here in Chicago where I sit. And I do think we're seeing more attention paid. What I am very inspired by is how many women are stepping out and using their voice and really owning what makes them uniquely female rather than adopting what typically we may have called a, a more masculine persona in the past. And that's really the the heart of the work I do is creating space for them to do just that. But I do appreciate that, yes, in insurance, we have more women than men employed, but they're not necessarily in client-facing roles. They're not out pounding the proverbial pavement, earning a commission to sell insurance products. And that is squarely the mission uh, that I am on to change. I think we're we're equipped and capable, more than equipped and capable to see success in that way. And I want to see more and more women uh, really uh, end up in those positions. So a big part of it then is kind of about bringing women out of themselves then, you know, uh, sort of to, to give them that confidence and, and, and to, to, to be themselves in the working environment. Yeah, it, we already have what it takes. Each and every one of us already does. For so many of us, it's getting out of our own way, getting out of our own head, 
really embracing what makes us unique and individual and makes us great, and then giving our potential clients a pathway uh, to find us there. And, and looking at your career, Meg, so you've uh, you know you've got quite a comprehensive insurance background. I've just whisked through a couple of things here. So you you spent time at Westfield Insurance. You were a commercial lines underwriter at Grange Insurance, a, a regional director for Cincinnati Insurance. You were a, a territory manager at Great American as well. Um, first of all, what led you, especially as a woman, I guess, into the insurance industry? Paul, it was a complete accident, and I know that <laughs> my story is not unique. Um, I I am a complete open book and uh, had a went through a bit of a personal personal moment at the very end of college and decided instead of sticking around in Chicago and taking a, a job in event planning that I would take a job that put me in a different state and a different frame of mind and that was with Westfield and I certainly never set out to work in insurance or find a career here uh, but that proved to be, to be a very smart decision. And and I laugh when I think about um, how different my career in life would be had I made literally a different phone call that day. Um, but I'm grateful, grateful for the journey and grateful to be exactly where I am in this moment. Yeah, I, I, I guess you must love the industry now because you've, you've stuck around for so long. Well, here's the thing. I, I want to be really candid uh, about it because it's been a journey, but it's not always been a good one. And I I'm fortunate to do a lot of speaking these days for young people coming into not just insurance, but lots of different industries. And I'm always very careful uh, to remind them that it is truly a journey and there are lots of twists and turns. And we will find ourselves in, in periods and moments where we might feel out of alignment. And that's exactly what I felt. And three years ago, I took a break from the industry. I was 17 years in. I found myself doing work and serving clients and in general in an environment that felt very, very uncomfortable to me, very out of alignment. And as a single woman, as a sole provider, I don't have any children. My life is quite simple from a, an overhead standpoint. I thought, is this really where I'm meant to be? Is this really the work that I am here to do? I felt like I had veered so far from my that line that we try to tow, uh, my, my head, my heart, my passions, the things that I'm good at, what comes naturally to me. I was so far away from those things that I took a break. And I tell this story because it's not the fault of insurance. It's more of the work I needed to do on myself. And the more I tell this story, the more I realize how many other people feel this now or have felt this at some point in their own career. So I took a, a year off and it was wonderful. I did a lot of traveling. I did a lot of yoga, made some great dinners, took some naps, reconnected with friends and family, and really thought about what I wanted the next chapter of my career to look like. Started interviewing for jobs and realized that what I was looking for in terms of role and culture and how I wanted to spend my day and if I can be bold and say how I wanted to utilize my talents and my gifts in the industry didn't really exist in the traditional uh, either carrier or agency environment. And so I created it. I realized that though entrepreneurship had not been part of my vision, it was a very necessary next step in getting where I wanted to go. And so two years ago, this past July, Adjunct Advisors was born so to speak. And, and it's been a journey. You know, entrepreneurship in itself is a, we could do a three-hour podcast on my experience there, but 
it's been a very welcome and necessary part of my career story that has kept me in the best way in the industry, leveraging my knowledge, leveraging my network, but also doing the work that that I believe I am best equipped to do. So I'm, I'm exceptionally proud to be here. So tell us about Adjunct and tell us about what it does and, and so on. Yeah. So the company was built on the belief, my belief that the way we, the way we sell insurance and the way we buy it needs to change. And we see technology solving this. We see different sales methodologies, different systems, different theories. And I do believe wholeheartedly that we are in a time um, pre-COVID, but especially during COVID where the connection between heart and mind and business has never been stronger and never been more necessary. And I took a lot of my own frustrations that I had been feeling and I worked through them from a very practical standpoint. How do we solve for these things? I knew that I wasn't alone in feeling out of alignment. I knew I wasn't the only person who had certain clients that when they called my my stomach would tighten and the I would feel the tension, physically feel the tension when I was in conversation with them. There were aspects of the job that I was doing that were inherently unpleasant for me, and I knew that I wasn't alone in that. And so I realized that the core uh, of what needed to happen was a, a way, a different way of looking at the training of insurance salespeople, and that's exactly what I do, primarily through one-on-one coaching, which is, again, that head and heart connection that I believe so strongly in building confidence, building clarity, building messaging, and then building systems, right? Because it's it's one thing to have a strong belief and to have a vision of what you want for yourself and for your book of business, but it's another to know and have the tools that you need in order to get there. I also do that in a group format and then also in uh, now virtual facilitated workshops. So several different ways that my clients can reach me, but all in all, it's really about changing the experience that we have as insurance salespeople uh, when it comes to transacting business. Yeah, and I, I want to talk to you about um, you know the the situation that we're in right now. But just just listening to you and and, and hearing you talk about those stomach tightening clients, I, I have to to ask about that because I'm sure there's plenty of people who are listening who are, are thinking to themselves that oh yeah I've got some clients like that how, how do you how do you deal with that because I'm, I'm sure there are situations where you know that, that certain agents and so on they don't want to give up that business necessarily but they don't really want to have to deal with a client so how, how do you how do you cope in in that way yeah I want to acknowledge first and foremost that it's tough and it's one of the it's one of the most challenging conundrums that we have especially when we're just starting out in sales and a lot of my clients are coming to me in the, the critical first two years of their sales journey. And there's pressure. There's pressure from sales leadership that you have to have a full pipeline. You have to have deal flow. You have to close X number of, of deals. You need a, a certain amount of revenue per month or per quarter per year. There's a lot of pressure. And so with that pressure comes almost an expectation that you're going to take any opportunity that lands in your lap. And I I say opportunity with air quotes because some of what we let in is that bad energy. It's it's really business that we probably should have said no to in the beginning if we had had the confidence that there might be a better opportunity for us to follow. And sometimes it means saying no 
and trusting yourself that you have the right foundation and the right process in place, that the people who truly will value you and what you do and what you bring to the table are out there waiting for you. It's a really fascinating and perhaps obvious observation, but anybody who is going to buy insurance from us is already out there. They're already out there. And so the key to everything that I do is visibility. How do you let those people out there who are waiting for you, who are craving a better experience, a different experience, a more transparent, a more honest, a more empathetic experience in buying insurance, how do they find you? And that's where the hard work starts is as salespeople, we are hiding and we just have to stop hiding. And this world, this COVID environment has given us, believe it or not, it's taken away some of our favorite ways to be visible, but it's also presented really new and fantastic opportunities that I am seeing more and more people leveraging. And spoiler alert, I'm an agent as well. It's not something I often talk about publicly, but there's nothing that I work with my clients and recommend that I wouldn't do in my own practice. And so a lot of the the advice and the wisdom and the feedback that I share is because I'm experiencing it firsthand as well. So, so tell us about that. And how, how do we go about gaining visibility? Because as, as I talked about at the top, you know, a lot of us are stuck at home. We're maybe using platforms that we've never used before, like Zoom and Teams and things like this. And um, we're all adjusting to that environment. We're, we're missing going out to those coffee meetings and, and all those sort of face-to-face discussions that, that we would normally have when, when we're doing business. Um, so how do, how do we make that transition and, and how do we gain visibility? I, I guess a, a great place to start online would perhaps be social media. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and I'm no different. I am, I'm a the proverbial people person. That's me. I would much rather be one-on-one with someone leaned over a cup of coffee in a, a mildly noisy coffee shop with all the energy that comes with that. An important first step right now is to grieve a little bit, to acknowledge that that's just not a reality in many, many cases. And instead of wishing for our situation to be different right now, which I think we all would agree we do, and waiting for those days to return, it's really a grieving for what was and then a choice to embrace what is. You mentioned social media. It's the most obvious option these days. One of the questions I get most often is, what's the right platform to be on and do you need to be on all of them? I'm a big fan of picking the right one for you and then going all in on that one. For me, it's been LinkedIn. I decided it was LinkedIn because my ideal client is on LinkedIn. They might be on Facebook or Snapchat or TikTok or another platform, but by and large, the people that I want to know that I exist are on LinkedIn. And so I educated myself. I went, uh, invested in some training, read everything that I could about the platform, about the algorithm, because I knew that it was going to be a very critical part of the growth of my business in a time when what I had known and what was comfortable and familiar was no longer an option. And I highly recommend this is, there has never been a better time. I'm sure you've heard this before, but for a salesperson to be on LinkedIn, usership is way up. The platform every day is releasing new features. Uh, LinkedIn Stories recently went live, which has been a lot of fun and is a very casual way uh, to stay connected with people. But it's not just about 
being there, you have to physically you have to physically be there. You have to be on the platform. You need to engage. You need to share content that is interesting and that draws the people that you want to serve in. What I see a lot of from us in insurance is a lot of talk about insurance. And it sounds counterintuitive because we want the people that can buy insurance products from us to know that we are the smartest insurance mind out there. The problem is we spend all of our valuable time trying to prove that. And that comes from our own lack of confidence, typically. We don't believe that we are the smartest, and so we research the heck out of cyber liability coverage, and then we share a white paper and realize it's not getting any traction on the platform. A very different but successful approach is share a potential claims example. Talk about what, what happens if cyber liability coverage is not there. And of course, we don't want to be the doom and gloom folks, but one step even further is make it personal. Talk about your experience. This just happened earlier this week. A, a fraudulent charge came through on my credit card. It's a great way to talk about the importance of cyber liability for a small business owner through my own experience. And guess what? We've all been there. We've all felt it to some degree. So the key with social media and specifically with LinkedIn is be present, share content that resonates, and don't be this, – <laughs> this is the last thing, and I just have to say it like it is. Don't be gross. Don't be salesy. Don't be gross. Don't be uh, buying up to the premium version so that you can direct message someone you've never met and try to quote their insurance. It just doesn't work that way. We are people. We are human beings, and we want to connect with other human beings, and social media has given us a great, a great way to do that. So is – this platform and, and using LinkedIn in, in this manner, is that useful for the clients that you already have and staying connected with them and so on? Or is this a way to get new prospects as well? Both. Absolutely both. And I use LinkedIn less to find the clients who are going to pay me at the end of the day and more to find the people who know the clients who will pay me someday. So when we talk about centers of influence, they're all over LinkedIn. So you got you have to know who you're looking for. That's step one. Be really, really clear. The more clear you are, the more tailored your content can be, the more consistent your messaging becomes, and the more the people around us will know, oh, I just met so-and-so. So-and-so is starting a business doing X, Y, Z. You need to talk to Meg because Meg is the person. She's the expert in that space. In insurance, we so often want to be generalists because if we if we can handle everything, no opportunity gets left behind. One of the greatest pleasures for me is taking a referral that's come into me and passing it off to one of my other experts in my network because it's not my thing. And you know what? I don't want it to be my thing. And maybe at the end of the day, I'm leaving money on the table. But what I really am doing is solidifying my expertise in that space. It's really powerful. I do love social media to stay engaged with my clients along the way, to celebrate the wins that they share, to encourage them when they share something personal uh, that perhaps they're struggling with something. I have a wonderful network of people in, in Chicago and beyond who do amazing work unrelated to what I do. So when I learn that someone is struggling with a particular aspect of their business, I now have the opportunity to help them achieve success by perhaps making an introduction to someone else that I know. Does that have anything to do with insurance? Absolutely not. Does it have everything to do with me being invested in their success? 
you bet. And when those people are thinking about who their go-to insurance person is, it's not just Meg who sold them an insurance policy. It's not just John who handled their claim. It's that person that was really invested in their success. And those little likes and those little comments, they matter. It is a vanity metric and it powers the algorithm and, and all of that is true. But at the end of the day, when I see one of my clients who has launched a new product or rebranded or hit some sort of a milestone in their business, um, I know that they can see me there supporting them in that way. And it's very authentic. It needs to be authentic. Yeah, no, that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. And I, I know that one of your phrases that, that you like to, to use very often is, is that it's not just about selling insurance, but it's about being the one that your, your clients want to buy from. And I think that just linked to, to, to what you've just explained there. But I, I'm guessing that phrase has to go beyond just social media, doesn't it? So, so how do you change that mind, mindset? Because I guess nobody really wants to buy insurance, do they? <laughs> no, it's an uphill battle, right? It's unfortunately, we wear the, the reputation of, of a lot of perhaps not great experiences that came before us. And and my, my hope in my lifetime is that we can change that. But whether we can or whether we can't, the idea is that so often we adopt a persona when we are quote unquote selling. It's almost like a, a switch is flipped where we I go from being the Meg outside a nine to five to the insurance sales Meg between nine and five. And I just don't believe that we should do that or that that's necessary in order to be successful in in insurance sales. So the idea is that be humble, be honest, be raw, be real. When something stinks, say that it stinks. When uh, when something is is wonderful and you're really proud of it, be wonderful and proud of it. And this idea that we are selling a product that meets people when they're absolutely at their worst they need to know that you're going to be there in the trenches with them on that day, if that day would come. And the best way that we can show that is being 100% authentically who we are every step of the way, being honest and being raw and being human. Because like I said, we are humans doing business with humans. And it sounds so basic, but we we script things. We have timelines. We have expectations about I need to get this sale closed within 60 minutes. I need to get this proposal turned around within five days. It's it's become so calculated and our customers can sense that and maybe not from us, but those who have come before us. And we have a huge opportunity to change the dialogue around buying insurance and what that process looks like. So I wanted to ask you as well, because especially in the, in the situation that we're all in right now, um, about about time management because I can imagine for a lot of people, you know, working from home, it can be very tempting, can't it, if you're not tied into an office and you're you're not commuting each day to sort of let work take over your personal life. Um, how can you ensure that you're sort of sticking to your hours, but at the same time getting everything you need to done and 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 being effective and, and growing your business? It's such a fair question and the one I think we all wish that we had the magical answer to and I want to throw out two caveats before I answer your question. Number one, uh, working from home and working virtual wasn't new to me. It was something that I've done for extensive periods in my career up to this point. So I had a little bit of an edge there. And also, I am not a parent. I am not doing the homeschooling, uh, navigating kids underfoot while I'm on Zoom 
Uh, it's not part of my reality. So I hope that the suggestions I have uh, are helpful and not tone deaf because I absolutely, absolutely recognize that we are all having a very unique experience working through this period. But the number one thing that I have done out of necessity because I was very much feeling the blur between work and life was to draw lines and create boundaries around my time and my schedule. So I I allow clients to utilize a calendar to schedule time with me. And one of the things that I did early on in the shelter-in-place period that we're in was to block my mornings so that no one could schedule time with me until the early afternoon. Because mornings are the time when I'm most creative and I'm also, uh, I like to get some exercise in, maybe some meditation, enjoy my coffee. This is a very noisy time in the world, even though we have a lot of, of white space that maybe we didn't have before. But I needed to make sure that I could get the most out of that time without being pulled in all of the different directions. So I have isolated my afternoons for the interaction that's required with clients, with prospects, with uh, allies and different people out there in the world that I connect with. And that's something candidly that will stay with me beyond the COVID environment. It's something that's really worked for me in terms of managing my day. The other thing I like to do is set short attainable goals. What's the one thing that you could do today? That if you accomplished it today, you could put your head on the pillow at night and feel a sense of accomplishment. What those small attainable goals do for our confidence and our ability to keep going is huge. So that would be another very practical tip that I would have. And the third is just stick with it. Tomorrow is truly another day. And one of my quirky little mantras that I have when when I'm feeling the overwhelm is tomorrow I will be perfect. And it's very tongue-in-cheek, of course, because I'm never going to be perfect. But I'm just going to kick that goal down the line one more day, and I'm going to do the best I can today. So tomorrow I'll be perfect, Paul. <laughs> Okay. Well, this is good. I'll, I'll, I'll speak to you tomorrow then. Um, <laughs> if, if people would have, would, have, would have walked away from this podcast with just one actionable piece of advice, because uh, I think you've given us some, some great tips overall, but maybe if there's, there's one thing that you would say, you know, no matter what, no matter what you take away from this, uh, please do this. Uh, what, is the, what is the one tip you'd want people to take away? Yeah, it's really being honest with yourself. If you're not where you want to be, if you have a goal and you're not there and you don't know what the next step is that you need to take in order to get there, personal or professional, change something. Change anything. Ask for help. Read a book. Read an article. Take an action step and then see what happens. I think a lot of us right now are feeling very stuck and sometimes stuck in big picture ways and then often stuck in the what am I having for dinner way? And so the the forward progress of literally taking the next step can be really powerful. And and, and speaking of, of next steps, Meg, uh, before we wrap up, I, I want to ask you about your plans because from what I understand, you're about to sort of up sticks and go traveling. Nice segue, right? Uh, yes, I am currently sitting in Chicago and hope that I won't be for too much longer. My My condominium here is on the market and Pending the sale of that, I will be doing some, I'm calling it mindful travel. I recognize that travel in a pandemic can be inherently risky, um, but I'm being very thoughtful about my approach and we'll be spending some time on the road visiting uh, some different 
parts of the country that I've not been able to spend an extended period of time and really looking at, despite the reality of the situation that we are in, the opportunity that I have because of my own personal situation, being in the driver's seat in terms of my business and my time, being a one-woman show, uh, the flexibility that really that has created to allow me to go on this adventure, as I'm calling it. And I'm really excited about it. And it feels to me like the right the right next step as we talk about next steps in terms of maintaining that alignment between my own head and heart as I keep doing the work that I do. So do you have like a, an itinerary in place and certain places that you're going to? It's very loose. Uh, stop number one will be Denver. And it's funny, I just recently was crowdfunding or crowdsourcing for some ideas on LinkedIn. And it looks like San Diego is overwhelmingly on my list. Uh, Lots of people recommending Southern California. So uh, maybe some time in Montana, down in Florida. I've got a couple friends that have been gracious and are willing to host me for a bit in Florida. And uh, my folks are in Michigan, so I'm sure I'll be up there for some time as well. So I'm I'm excited to follow the energy, follow the inspiration. Um, Perhaps during that time, we will be back in person and I welcome in-person opportunities when that time is right. So that may steer my direction too, but we'll see. So much remains to be seen, right? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a super exciting time. And but while while you're on the move, I'm I'm sure people are going to want to 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 hear more from you and, and and to reach out. So what what would you recommend? How can they get hold of you on the back of this? Best place is my website adjunctadvisors.com or find me on LinkedIn. I'm there almost every day with new content. Like I said, really embracing LinkedIn stories, seeing what that's all about. So uh, would love and welcome the opportunity to connect with anyone there. Super. Uh, Meg, thank you very, very much for, for making the time for us today. Um, and to everybody listening, I've been Paul Lucas. This is IB Talk, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of IB Talk. Follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for the latest episodes. 